Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello, I'm Molly Wood. And I'm Tom Merritt. And welcome to It's a Thing, the weekly podcast supported, and God knows why, thank you, thank you, thank you for continuing to support us in our ramblings, our crazy discoveries, our weird little meanderings through, let's be honest, trends that are either about to peak or are sometimes hilariously old. And I think it's when we hit that middle ground that we do our best work on behalf of you, dear listeners. The hilarious old ones, uh, we just want to say in retrospect, even if we don't always say it, are are us letting letting you know that yes, as you suspected, this has been a thing. Yeah, just definitely. interpret it that way. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Or it's new to you, just like it's new to us. Right. It's all a formula. And I like to think that we make up for it with some genuine trend spotting. And we always have fun. So thanks for joining us for yet another episode of It's a Thing. I don't know. What I'm doing I want to start with some sports. I know sports usually goes like midway through uh, a, a typical <laughs> evening newscast, just in case. But, no one can. You know, news, sports, and weather. And I'm that into order. it. Yeah, um, I think this is an I think one. This isn't an I've seen one. This is okay. an I think one. Okay. Mixed gender sports are gonna become a thing. Interesting. Tell me and more. The reason I say that is. I've seen a smattering of articles about integrated uh, teams in schools, um, sometimes for for things like volleyball or maybe tennis, or there was even one out of the UK, a, a rugby team uh, was was mixing up its its uh, its genders, so it wasn't just an all male or an all female squad. And I think what pushed it over the top for me was. Recently, they announced that there will be 18 mixed gender sports at the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo, which is double the number from Rio. And the big ones are uh, a swimming medley, right? Where they, where they do like, you know, kind of a relay uh, and a, and a track and field, like full on relay where they will be like two men, two women. That's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Huh. I'm looking at it now. In 2016, mixed gender competition existed in badminton, equestrian, sailing, and tennis. Huh. And Titus being doubles. Mixed doubles, mixed right. Doubles, yeah. But they had been gone for 88 years. Next year, you'll see men and women competing together in perennial favorites, such as swimming and track and field. Oh, fascinating. Okay. Yeah. So now, are you predicting quite... that this will make it into non-olympic sports well i think it's good we're going to start hearing more about especially at school level mm-hmm. like uh Definitely. schools being like you know what we're just going to do we're going to do mixed gender teams now and and it's going to be a big controversy because people are like well what about our football team or you know like people are going to get all bent out of shape out of it. it's going to be- <laughs> might even become a national conversation kind of situation i don't know you mean a thing a thing wow okay you know what i could get on board with this and i could see I could see it coming our way 
by way of transgender, but not necessarily. Or that we might get mixed, like we either might just get mixed gender because we decide, look, this makes no sense, right? It's just dumb at this point to be separating based on gender, or it could be just a they situation. Somebody's like, look, I'm a they. I want to play baseball. The yeah. end. I, I don't want to have to decide what team I'm on. The non-binary students are going right. to accelerate this quite they a bit. They actually accelerate this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think just the general feeling of, of you know, and, and you can criticize this if you want out there, uh, but the general feeling of like, well, wait, why do we need to, you know, separate? Why do we need to draw about lines? And I don't, I, I get the feeling, I don't have direct experience with this, but I get the feeling that kids are feeling those boundaries are as less important than we did growing up. Right. Oh, absolutely. Without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. I mean, I can tell you from, you know, the, what the kids these days are doing side of things. Yeah. Yeah. That at our Oakland public school, there are a lot of theys. Like a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So much so that I have to, I ask my son with every new friend, (laughs) Uh it's like it's like reading twitter bios and seeing the gender pronouns in the twitter bios i'm like so what are we where are we going with this one and and it will it'll be different for different sports i don't i don't think like you you know the typical uh u.s football team we might see some integration occasional women being on the men's football team but i i don't think i don't think that's where it happens i think it happens in other sports first maybe in soccer i don't know maybe maybe in basketball probably not in basketball but but I think we start to see it become a thing. Badminton has kind of been the the leader in this. Badminton's mm-hmm. been the exception that proves the rule. Like, well, you have mixed gender in badminton, but come on, it's badminton. And <laughs> I think it's moving beyond that now. <laughs> I just like the gumshoe voice dissection of the, the <laughs> well, that's relative of gender inclusion like of badminton yeah. versus other sports. <laughs> Hilarious. I, I don't know about this gender inclusion. Right. I mean, at some point when it includes judo, which it does right in the upcoming Olympics. You have to start being like, well, how artificial are these distinctions? <laughs> <laughs> Judo. Judo. Um, okay. Well, I have an internationally flavored thing. Ooh, very nice. And I am going to posit to you mm-hmm. that Russia is a thing, but not how you think. Okay, because we're not talking uh, nope. elections and the Mueller report. Okay. We're totally not. We're talking about how, for some reason, the Russian national anthem is a meme song. Now, we have talked about meme songs. Here it comes. Yep. Mm-hmm. You this know what one. this always reminds me of? What? The Olympics? No. winter. The Winter Games, uh, it's called the Commodore 64. Oh. Because they play the national anthems in MIDI. That's hysterical. Although I was hoping you were going to go Olympics because, like, you know, it would be like a nice segue. Uh, But I didn't think you were going to go Commodore 64. I did not see that coming. Winter Games for the Commodore 64 was a video game about the Olympics. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. So basically, boom, (laughs) tangent. You're so I mean, sorry, segue. Boom, segue. Segue achieved. I don't know why. But the, then this is the USSR anthem, and it is a meme song. It's a, it's all even on Know Your Meme. And, like, my, my child kept listening to it and playing the USSR anthem, and I was like, what is the deal? And then they keep making all these Russia comments. And honestly, I actually don't even know. Like, maybe it is all part of the weird counter-intel operation that is live and happening all around us, and they're just seeing, like, propaganda on Instagram about how Russia's kind of cool now. But he bought this 
lemonade the other day that we found just like at the Yemeni bodega called Leninade. Leninade. Oh, like Vladimir Lenin. Like that, exactly. Vladimir. Tavarish Lenin. Just like that. Leninade with the like hammer and sickle on the bottle, which, and apparently producer Rich informed us that Leninade has been around for a long time. Mm. But I feel like it's sudden arrival on the shelves of Yemeni Bodega, which is, as we know, the coolest and hippest place in town, tells us that for some reason it seems to just be part of this sort of like bubbling Russia is funny thing. There's a lot to unpack here. There is a lot yeah. to unpack. Because uh, Soviet Soviet paraphernalia, when I was growing up in the 80s, late 70s and 80s, was a, a sign of rebellion, right? You were right. you were like anti-establishment so much that you'd be like, I'd rather have the communists in charge. Or like, you know, I'm just undermining the, the dominant paradigm. I'm going to be an, uh, you know, somebody against stuff. Then in the 90s, it became ironic because there mm-hmm. was no more Soviet Union. Suddenly, the power of those symbols was sapped because uh, the Soviet Union had fallen. And at the time, we thought, well, I guess Russia's a friend now. And so Soviet stuff became almost like nostalgic right. and and old-fashioned <laughs> and a bygone era. And like, yep. look how far we've come. So with all of that in the background, and then you add in that Russia writ large, the mm-hmm. Federation, is just in the air. Right. Like it, right. it doesn't matter what you think about anything like you're hearing about Russia. It, I just read an article in Scientific American about how Russia, Denmark, Canada, Norway and the United States are fighting over their their sea rights in the in the Arctic uh, because, well, it's melting. And so now you can take boats up there. Mm-hmm. So like it's just everywhere. Russia, just Russia everywhere. thoughts are everywhere. So maybe it's a safe way to deal with that is to be like, well, this is, these are powerless symbols of an old fashioned time when people were also scared of Russia and look what happened then. I don't know. Maybe it's comforting somehow. I could see that. Well, I could see it just having reached like, it's okay to make jokes about it. And there were definitely, you know, there were times when it was sort of like the, the, it's been around for a while, but the idea that, like, in Soviet Russia, you know, in Soviet Russia, Hamburger eat you. Like <laughs> Yakov kind of Smirnov. Like, yeah. Maybe yeah. That never kind of die. thing. And then, and then there have been these sort of like cultural standouts. Like, there was the Trollolo guy. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. And that became a really big meme. And maybe well, that's and then, what led to that. But I do think there's Short this- Chernobyl uh, being a huge hit on HBO, oh God, both totally. probably coming out of this trend, but also feeding it at the same time. Yes. Like, it's all, see, everything that you're saying is exactly, if we could put a wrapper around what makes something a thing, it it is this sort of amorphous, like, pandemic of awareness. <laughs> right, where it just kind of has its own momentum, its own, its own inertia. Yeah. And A.T. Porter in the Discord is saying it's also in Stranger Things 3, which I would yeah, not know right. because I'm never, ever going to watch it because it's so freaking scary looking, but good to know. It's just, it's a thing. And it's really, and it's really interesting that on the one hand, it's a thing with respect to, yes, our national politics and this question of, of the interference and are, is it evil? Are they evil? Are we, what's the deal? But I, in a way, it's almost extra striking as a result that among like 12 year olds who have no idea 
that this is such a big geopolitical situation right now, or used to be that we used to actually hide under desks and think like, that'll save us from nukes, Mm -hmm. that they're just sort of blithely going around drinking lemonade and making Russia jokes and like tricking each other with the Trollolo guy. It's a little Uh, surreal. Сегодня это красиво видит Россия. What you said. Did you learn that from the Americans? The Americans probably also did Hollywood. You big show off. That was impressive. Is it is it you introduced it as Russia, but not what do you think? Is it Soviet Russia or is it kind of like broader than that? I think it's a little broader because yeah, there's okay. also That's because there's there like there is Trollolo guy and then there's just weird there was like the stoned fox meme and then there's uh mm-hmm. there's look at this mm-hmm. Russian on Instagram which is literally just like whoa life Trollo in Russia is Soviet crazy guy. yeah huh I huh. think it's just Russia I don't Soviet, I don't even Soviet, know Soviet if, Russia plus yeah like if you asked a kid. Do they know the difference? Do they yeah, think it's right. do they think Russia is a thing or do they think that Soviet Russia is a thing? They'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, none of it's a thing. You're totally misinterpreting my But certainly rebellion. it <laughs> is mostly Soviet era. And I think yeah. it is fair to say that. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, let's all <laughs> salute. It's all salute. All right. Uh, Soviet Russia. Other, Anton play you. My other thing today is uh, uh, carrying on with your water bottle trend. I didn't want us to drop the bottle. Oh, God. Um, but I, um, my golf I am expanding it. So there's the uh, the Lark, the L-A-R-Q, the Lark uh, water bottle. There's the Luma water bottle. Um, there's uh, another one called the, the, Ry- the Ry- Pyrus with a P. Uh, Pyrus, I was starting to pronounce it like a Russian. Uh, all three of them are self-cleaning what? water bottles. What does so, that mean? Does that mean they never get the stinky rim? That's the idea. That's what they promise. I haven't tried them myself, but yeah, they all promise like no stinky rim, self-cleaning, UV light, makes it work somehow, patent pending, etc. Patent pending $100. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, and... There also, I, I saw this uh, story on apartment therapy about why you want to use metal because it is oligodynamic, uh, <laughs> meaning that it is it's hard for anything to live on it. Brass, copper, silver, all self-sterilize. Oh, so, yeah. So you don't have to clean them. I mean, you have to clean them, but you don't have to like worry about like, oh, they're covered in bacteria because they self-sterilize. So I feel like self-sanitizing, self-cleaning, self-sterilizing is is becoming the new antibacterial as people become more aware of the danger of the superbug. Right. Totally. Interestingly, there are self-disinfecting doorknobs that are related to biomimicry. Like they got this, this has been a technology mm. that they've deployed in some hospitals for exactly this reason. Yeah, yeah. To sort of repel without having to constantly clean with antibacterials. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And it's based on like shark skin, I want to say. Anyway, oh. super interesting. We did a story about it on my other show. All right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, self-sanitizing the new antibacterial. Uh, if you're talking about antibacterial, you're living in the past. Uh, just now substitute self-sanitizing and you'll be back up to speed. 
Only one hundred dollars. I'm trying to find out how this, how much the second one, the Uma bottle one, is, Luma bottle. Yeah, I think they're all on Amazon. If you if you search them on Amazon, and my links here all over the place. But yeah, this one's an Indiegogo still. Seventy dollars. I mean, I don't know. How much would know. you pay for no stinky rim? I really hate that. I do. It's caused me to occasionally just straight up abandon water bottles mm-hmm. to be like, no, can't use this anymore. The health benefits of drinking water from a copper bottle. Fascinating. Fascinating. This is so like, this is so late stage capitalism. <laughs> you know, like water bottles are awesome. How can we make them fancier and charge more? And also we have too many germs, but simultaneously not enough germs. And we've made the germs way stronger. So how I mean, can we combine them? There really <laughs> is an evolution here that I hadn't thought of. You're right. When I was young, the idea of charging for water was laughable right just i mean because the water you you paid for your water service at home was nothing right yeah that was never no one talked about their water bill back then at least in illinois maybe they did out in the desert areas but but it was like yeah i mean water's cheap and you get it for free and anyone any restaurant that charged you for water with you people would just walk out of then bottled water came along and first it was snooty and then everybody was doing it and then everybody was buying water bottles and then the problem was though well, what do we do with all these bottles these bottles are trash and they're filling our landfills we need to carry our own water bottles and we'll go back to getting the water in the bottle and carrying it with us and now the bottle has a stinky rim oh no but we don't want superbugs, so let's get a copper bottle or maybe kickstarter something for 70 dollars. <laughs> boom as opposed yeah mm-hmm. <clears throat> yep well summarized Tom. thank you <laughs> well summarized <laughs> i was while you were doing that i was thinking i wonder if i could figure out a way to say this in doggo speak do tell but that's my other thing and i and this is one of those ones where i'm going to acknowledge that this has been around a long time but i think has now permeated everyone's consciousness to the point where dog language or doggo speak, Mm -hmm. which is basically the internet language for dogs. So we've moved on beyond like, you know, uh, uh, such red kind of stuff. Kind of. Yeah. It's, it's actually all the way to like a Tolkien level fleshed out language that you use to, when you want to narrate for your dog on your video. Ah, got it. Okay. Yeah. So it started, so like I said, it's been around a long time, but it started, you know, like a couple of years ago, everybody realized that dogs were doggos and some were puppers mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then there are different kinds and woofers and woofers and they blep when, which is when their tongues are hanging out and, you know, they do, and there's all this sort of cute stuff. And now it's like, and I, honestly, I don't know where everyone has learned this, but apparently there are Facebook groups for it and things. But if you see any, especially on TikTok, but any video in which a dog appears to be speaking, the the linguistic structure is so specific and identical that it's just astonishing. Like, it's always like, heck you, and I'm scared, and doing me a frighten. And it's super freaking cute. Are we getting to the point where now you can be criticized for not properly using doggo speak in your, in your Instagram post? Like, I kind of wonder, actually. Yeah. I actually wonder if at this point you would be because, you know, comedy is a precise art. Mm, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's (laughs) science. It's a science. And if you want to get it right and you really want to impress people with your meme skills, like you can't screw it up. And I think you actually have to go hang out on, you know, dog spotting on Facebook and like learn the language and deploy it 
perfectly because now I have seen enough dumb dog videos on TikTok. I'm not saying what I'm doing to distract myself in these troubled times, but <laughs> that might be it. I can't wait for the Udemy course that gets you but, up to speed on this. I know, totally. That you can see the difference if the dog's if the doggo lingo is not properly deployed. And it's fascinating. Yeah. I you just have frightened me from ever captioning any of my dog pictures ever. For fear of it's getting okay it wrong. with the picture. I mean, the pictures are easy because then you can just do one little caption. Mm, yeah, but the videos, <laughs> the videos are tricky. Like one I watched the other day was basically like a dog trying to get in a bathtub, right? And it was like, oh hi, you know, <laughs> oh I'm hi, I, I got that one. I'm good with that. I'm worried. Yeah. yeah. Like once you get there's certain misspell. I don't even know it well enough. I can't even do. It. I can't. I don't speak doggo lingo yet. I'm not fluent despite having a dog, and I just feel like a screw up, and I need to know. Well, all my dog videos are just going to have. <laughs> I feel like that's a safe choice. It's a safe choice. Well done. Well done. All right. Uh, before we get to our feedback, we have to give a big old nailed it to Matthew T. Uh, when I was walking my dogs, not speaking them in doggo earlier this week. <laughs> I heard the Economist Daily podcast, The Intelligence, covering Mongolian metal. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Matthew T., you have done it. That is insane, by the way. Like, do you think they listen to the show? They must. Hello, The Economist podcast. Thanks for listening. Hello, The Economist podcast. Thanks for listening. Also, I guess it could just mean it is legitimately a thing. But don't, guys, are you? How excited are you about the new sound effect for Nailed It? Do it again. Do it again. Little Foley of Nailed It. So good. It's so good. Um, oh, hey. In surprising news, we have email from Fordo. What? Yay! I know. And so uh, this is an update on Fordo's playlist. She said, I had never heard of Lizzo before you mentioned her, Molly. My friend suggested two of Lizzo's songs to me yesterday to try to get me out of the 80s and 90s with my <laughs> running playlist. And now I'm all in. I will say that Lizzo's Good as Hell is an outstanding running playlist song. Um, she says also... <laughs> Again, this may surprise you. Also, says Fordo, I'm using this feedback email address to just tell you guys my thoughts. <laughs> we're familiar. That's fine. We know. That's what we're She's here like, for. I'm not hoping or expecting that any of my emails will get read on the podcast. Oh, I just feel like we're old buds and I'm texting you this way as I go throughout my day when I hear something on the podcast that res- resonates with me. Oh, I also added Gloria to my podcast. Run changing. Totally run changing. Thing on, peeps. Thank you, Fordo. I mean, how could we not put that email in? Come on. Also, Porto. I think you inspired Rich Truffolino, our producer, to create an It's a Thing playlist on Spotify. Yes. It will will we have a link to that? We should put a link to that, right? On the on the episode page. Yes, absolutely. It's uh, a thing.me. You can sub- join the Spotify playlist and of course please email us and suggest songs. Rich can put it in the Discord too. And then the Discorders can get right to it. Yes, indeed. Uh, regarding Mulaney, uh, Jose wrote, so have you guys not watched Big Mouth? It's a Netflix family guy style animated show starring John Mulaney and it's huge. So huge. In fact, they just got renewed for three more years. No questions asked. Granted, Netflix and Prime Video and those streaming services tend to renew things like ahead of time, but three years, that's a lot. That's pretty Uh, real. Yeah, Yeah. that's that's for real. I believe this may have been the catalyst for Mulaney popularity. Also, don't let your teens watch it, though they totally are. Oh God, they totally are. <laughs> All right, good to know. I will I'll ask the child if he already knows about Big Mouth, and I'm sure he does. Uh Moni wrote in about K pop and and basically was like BTS is over and EXO are the kings of K pop mm. and they have a Guinness Book of World Records for I the think, most 
Awards. I think it's the other way around. Thank you. I don't know. I don't know. And I'm not I getting mean, into that argument because it, someone will have find out and they will email us. Shh. They're no shiny. Don't get me wrong. What but are you doing? BTS. Is the These are one. not trolls that you want to feed, friend. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, uh, of course they are. They are the kings of K-pop, but BTS are 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 challenging them. Let's put because I think that's safe to say they are they're in the hunt for that for that crown. There's nothing they're... is safe to say. Nothing. <laughs> uh, let's just move on to Simone, who says on Top Gun, "I will go with you." Yes. I squealed so loud I hurt my own ears. We'll go with you. I'll buy the popcorn and wine. Oh my god! I want to make this a meetup. Should we go in LA or are you going to fly up? <laughs> Like, let's make it happen. Oh, yeah. Either way. I'm, I'm in for sure. It's a thing. Top Gun outing. Done yeah. and done. We're planning. We're currently planning that and the It's a Thing party, which yeah. I was hoping maybe there's some further down. But guys, we've got we've got one. We've got, we got one. one. OK. Yep. Uh, we're real quickly. Let's uh, we can't read all of this. But Brian in Rubber City, Akron, <laughs> Ohio, uh, gave us the entire rundown of the history of the Sprinter, uh, including the fact that the Freightliner uh, the, the Dodge are all pretty much the same vehicle with mm-hmm. different logos on them and, and says like, basically if somebody wants to feel fancy. They buy the Mercedes version and pat themselves on the back. Whereas the Freightliner version is just as good, uh, and just cost less. Yeah. But, and what is also interesting is he said that part of the reason that a lot of these were rebadged was to avoid what's called the chicken tax. He said, look it up. It's fascinating oh, yeah. for trade nerds. Nice. In our current tariff challenge times, I think yeah. that would be freaking fascinating. He talks anyway, about uh, it's awesome. Freightliner branded uh, trucks uh, being uh, built in Germany, disassembled and shipped to Charleston, North Carolina and reassembled. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's fascinating. And then, by the way, it's an awesome long email. And he's like, this is extremely abbreviated for concision. We're going to put yeah. the email at it's a thing.me. You should go read it. For sure. Matthew wrote in and said, this is less a declaration of something's thinghood and more a plaintive query. <laughs> this is Matthew out. T, who previously nailed it. Oh, I mean, I think we can already assume that you're onto a thing. But, you know, we'll see. Uh, he wants to know to find out whether I'm part of an unacknowledged group or just a lonely outlying anomaly. I think that's the question of our time, man. He says, the thing I'm wondering about is cargo pants, but more specifically, actually using all the pockets on cargo pants. When out walking, I use these standard pockets for wallet, phone, handkerchief, handkerchief, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, wants to know, by the way, as an asterisk, do other people still use handkerchiefs? I do. He said, but I use the extra capacious pockets for things like a pocket camera, monocular, and my notebook with pencil attached via a sticker with a pencil loop, etc. <laughs> I can be equipped for bird watching and nature photography, plus a bit of journaling without needing any sort of extraneous bag. I had always assumed this was the whole point of cargo pants. But I keep running across jokes about their useless extra pockets. Am I alone? I love this question. Hmm? I want to know. know. Has the running know. joke about cargo pants been perpetuated by people who never wear cargo pants? And you cargo pant wearers have been using your pockets to their best effect like Matthew T. Yeah. I think that those of you who are out there are actually just doing it right. And everybody else has been doing it wrong. Yeah. I, well, I, I would I would say the other people haven't even been wearing their cargo pants. That's They've just been making true. fun of them They from the outside saying, mm-hmm. oh, look at all those pockets. Nobody ever uses those where the people wearing the cargo pants are like, what? I use them all the time. It's very useful. It's very helpful. I mean, I am no help here because I don't own any. But I will say that all of these all of the things that he has described could definitely replace 
my belt bag. Mm -hmm. I'm going to call it that because I literally now have gotten yelled at by so many British Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. about fanny pack that it's made me feel self-conscious. Bum bag. Yeah, belt bag is the safe one. Yeah, I'm going to call it belt bag from now on. But uh, I just use that. But maybe all these pockets would actually be useful. I do not wear cargo pants either. I, I do not disparage them either. Uh, so please Tell us more. feedback at it's a thing dot me. Let us know cargo pant wearers of the world mm-hmm. unite. All right. Uh, first time, long time from Patreon member Barry on the it's a thing party says, guys, the only one type of party cake and bourbon. <laughs> Dude, how do we miss that? Where's that? How did we miss that? That's the beginning. We've got our foundation. Thank you, Barry. Uh, but also, we need more. We need more, we need more. more of the party ideas because we want to actually hold a party. Like we really the world. do want to have a party and we want you all to have It's a Thing parties. I will say, I'm just going to tell you now that cake and bourbon was, is basically the birthday party that I just had. <laughs> that was actually my birthday party. I mean, um, I'll swap out pie so and put scotch. And you got mine. So we're all high and scotch, cake and bourbon. Yeah, yeah we got a playlist going. Like it's all happening. Also, just as an update to you guys, um, vis a vis the teardrop trailer situation, mm. uh, my third party tow hitch has arrived. Oh, nice. And my mechanical friend and I are going to try to install it on Monday. You mean your friend who's a mechanic? <laughs> he's not a like a like a, a clockwork. He did, yeah, person. he just says rebuild cars. Yeah, he's not okay. a robot. Okay, just checking. <laughs> that would be amazing. I mean, Damn it! Cool. I wish I had to like install my tow hitch. I called around, and oh, it seemed like more expensive than it needs to be, according to YouTube. I don't know. Look, he's rebuilt several cars. It's gonna be fine. We're so gonna Molly, be fine. Molly and her steampunk android will be putting the tow hitch together soon. That's right. It's gonna be amazing. And then next stop, teardrop trailer. I've already, by the way, I've already reserved Montana Fornia, the Instagram. Oh yeah, you know, I own it now. I have That's it. Great. Yep, it will be full of photos of this installation if all goes well. <sighs> Looking forward to it. And then the teardrop tailor is totally going to be at the party. Nice. I know. And then I love uh, this show. I'll get my solar panels on my house and we can, uh, it can charge your teardrop trailer and run the playlist um, without using any electricity off the grid. Dude. Tom is hosting. Yep. You heard See? it here first, folks. That's why this is our favorite show. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Thanks for indulging us while we just party plan with our Friday afternoon. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, you too can become a member of It's a Thing and get access to cool stuff like our Discord, where you can join us live in the chat as we record. Um, and you get just like all the chit chat and meeting planning that goes along with that. No, it's fun. It's fun. It's fun. Extra stuff. You also get an ad free RSS feed and much, much more at patreon.com slash it's a thing. Cargo pants wearers, non-cargo pants wearers, party ideas, email us, feedback at it's a thing.me. We're talking to you, Fordo. See you next week. Bye. Unbelievable. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.